0: I know that you're in Matthew 4. We'll get there in just a moment. The story's often been told of a little church in Germany. It sat near the train tracks that carried Jews to their death. Each Sunday morning, the German man telling the story said, we could hear the whistle in the distance and then the wheels coming over the tracks. We became disturbed when we heard the cries coming from the train as it passed by. And then we realized that it was carrying Jews like cattle in the cars. He went on to say, week after week, the whistle would blow. We dreaded to hear the sound of those wheels because we knew that we would hear the cries of the Jews en route to the death camp. Their screams tormented us. We knew the time the train was coming, and when we heard the whistle blow, we began singing psalms or hymns. By the time the train came past our church, we were singing at the top of our voices. If we heard the screams, we sang more loudly, and soon we heard them no more. Years have passed, and no one talks about it much anymore. But I still hear that train whistle in my sleep. I can still hear them crying out for help. And then he said this. God forgive all of us who called ourselves Christians yet did nothing to intervene. You know, you have a beautiful church. We're sitting here on comfortable seats, air-conditioned building. This has probably never happened here, might not ever happen again. Can you tell everybody what I've just done? started at the stopwatch. All right. Started to stopwatch. I know that that probably doesn't mean a whole lot. But we'll come back to it. We're sitting in comfortable pews in an air-conditioned building. But how dare we sit in our comfortable buildings in America and sing our songs and eat our food and enjoy our fellowship and not walk out those doors into the mission field. See, the mission field is not just somewhere in the Amazon, not in the jungles of Africa. It's not even in beautiful Croatia. Your mission field is around the corner and across the street. How dare us walk out the walls and the the doors of this church tonight and not have a vision for lost souls? Not hear their cries, you see, because the fact of the matter is, everyone that is lost without Christ, they're on a train headed for hell. And you and I have a responsibility to get them the message of how they can become free in Jesus Christ. It's everyone's responsibility. Now, Matthew chapter 4, I know you've been seated. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able. Let's read a few verses here. Matthew chapter 4. Beginning in verse number 12, we'll read just a few verses. Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulon and Naphtalim. "...that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, "...the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtalim, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprang up." To the people which sat in darkness, or the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. You can be seated. You're going to, Brother Leader, I'm going to ask you to take one of those handheld mics and you're going to help me here in just a moment. Now, go with me, if you would, please, over to the book of Acts in chapter number 26. You understand that there is a lost world that we live in. Amen? Yes, sir. World f- filled of wickedness, a world filled with lost people that need the gospel. They sit in darkness. You and I have a responsibility to reach them with the truth. We are to be the light of the world, yes or no? Yes. You're supposed to be light, raise your hand. With God's help tonight, I want to preach a message I've titled, Punching Holes in the Darkness. Punching Holes in the Darkness. Did you know that it is scientifically impossible to measure the darkness? But you can measure light. You cannot measure Darkness. But you can measure light. Well, just think about that for a moment. You just raised your hand, you're supposed to be light. Yes? We, as God's people, are supposed to be light in a dark world. You see, a lot of times we sit and we look and we think about, oh my, what a world we live in, how dark it is, and it's it's just getting worse. And I understand that, it is getting worse in America, is it not? It's getting worse around the world. We understand the darkness of this world. But one of the reasons why the world is becoming more and more dark is because we are not punching holes in the darkness like we ought to be doing. Well, there's four. Praise God for those. Would you uh, turn to John chapter three and verse nineteen? When you find it, go ahead and stand and read that, please. John three and verse nineteen, and brother leader James or I'm sorry, John chapter one, verses five through nine, please. John chapter one verses five through nine. John three nineteen, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. How many of you are familiar with that passage of scripture? Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Buckle your seatbelt. We think about the verse and we automatically cast that upon those that are lost. But the reason there's so much darkness is because we love it too. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. You see, it's not, that's, it doesn't just apply. We often and most often we apply it to the lost people in the lost world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. But the fact of the matter is we're all evil. And many times our light does not shine as brightly as it ought to and we do not punch holes in the darkness because we have more of a love for the things of the world than we do for Him which is the light. And that love of the world chokes out the light that is supposed to shine through us to a lost and dying world. Men love darkness rather light because their deeds are evil. John chapter 1 verses 5 through 9 please. And the light shineth in darkness... And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Hmm. You know Christ? Christ? If you know Christ, say amen. Amen. Been saved by the grace of God, say amen. amen. Only two kinds of people in the world. Those that have been saved by the grace of God, those that need to be saved by the grace of God. That's it. There is no rich, poor, black, white, yellow, polka dotted. It doesn't matter. Only those that have been saved by the grace of God, only those that need to be saved by the grace of God. We're to be light. We're to testify of him, which is the light. Think about this, darkness cannot overcome light, right, right, amen. That's right, amen. but light can swallow up the darkness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anybody ever stub your toe going to the refrigerator at night for a midnight oh, snack? On, Rest of you, you bunch of liars. You didn't stub your toe going to, going to the refrigerator for a midnight snack. You stubbed your toe when you was going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Whole lot <laughs> cracked a rib, somebody said. Wow, that's a serious stub right there, I'm telling you. He's really getting into that refrigerator, reaching in deep. Isn't it a whole lot better when there's a nightlight or some kind of light? Doesn't have to be much doesn't have to be much. We just stayed, you know, we've been back in the States since the middle of February. We're 88 days furlough because of some visa issues and uh, we'll do about 10 to 12,000 miles in those 88 days. We just stayed in a missions apartment in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina this last Wednesday and I thought that I had knocked the alarm clock off of the dresser until I realized that someone had laid it there upside down because it was, the light was too bright off of the alarm clock. See, it doesn't take a lot of light to make a difference where there's darkness. It just doesn't take a lot. So what's your excuse? Maybe it's because men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Well, I'm just, I I, I, I just don't know what to say. Hand them a gospel tract and say, do me a favor, read this before you throw it away. Warren Chastain said this. Look at the heathen without Christ and you will find an altar and may God help you to be the sacrifice. Look at the heathen without Christ and you will find an altar and may God help you to be the sacrifice. That is a powerful statement, isn't it? Let's take that one step further. Look at the heathen and you will find an altar. If you're not the sacrifice, they will be. Right. It's true. Yes or no? no. How shall they hear without a preacher? Yes, sir. Every born again child of God is to be a preacher, a proclaimer of truth. Amen. Every child of God. It's not just the missionary's job or the staff member's job or the pastor's job, it's your job. And if we are not willing, if we will not be the sacrifice, they will be. Well, better them than me. Hmm. How many of you know someone that is lost without Christ? Would you raise your hand? Lost without Christ. All right, uh, you still have that. Could you help me again one more time? Would you go that way? And you have your microphone. Would you go down that way? Uh, again, for a show of hands, how many of you know someone lost without Christ? How many of you have a loved one, a family member, a loved one lost without Christ? All right, now hold your hands up. Don't put your hands back down. If you would volunteer for me, just by way of illustration real quick, could you just leave your hand up? Leave your hand up, all right? All right, um, I'll just leave it up to you. I want you to pick two from this section over here, okay? So just pick two people over there. And if you'll volunteer, just pick two from this section over here, and uh, that'd be great. All right? All right, could you stand and tell us uh, who it is that you're talking about, uh, where they live, and who they are to you? Just real quick. Uh, I'll be my, my father. He lives in Kingsville, Maryland, not too far from here. In Kingsborough? Kingsville. Kingsville, Kingsville, Kingsville yes, Maryland. Kingsville, Maryland. Your, your dad. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm what's not. his name? Uh, same as mine, Richard Gite. Okay, yes, all sir. right. Uh, need another one from over here. Let's go over here. My brother, Mike Snipes. He lives in Greenville, North Carolina. Greenville, North Carolina. Mike. Mike. All right. Back there. Robert Cargan. He's my uncle, and he lives on Dundalk Avenue. Dundalk Avenue. Your uncle, Robert, did you say? Someone else? My father-in-law. Robert Kirby Sr. He lives on St. Monica Drive in Dundalk And now maybe uh, you get one in the back and we'll have one up here in the front. Brother if you come over here and get one in the front My dad he lives in Canton he actually came to church this morning Amen In Canton, Ohio Maryland. Canton, Maryland Okay My son, Robert Gentry, he was in this service this morning and he left the same way that he came in. Where does he live? In Joppa, Maryland. Okay. Again, how many of you have a loved one that's lost without Christ? Thank you, you can put your hands down. How many of you that have a loved one without Christ hope, wish, pray... That God would send someone to reach them with the gospel. Keep your hand up for a second. You can put it down. Uh, Now, if you just raise your hand with that and you'd volunteer to be a a volunteer, if you would volunteer, keep your hand and raise your hand again. All right, uh, this fellow right here in the tie. Sir, what's your name? Mike. Question for you, Mike. You raised your hand, right? The person that you're asking prayer for, that you would like God to send some, where do they live? Um, Rosedale, Maryland. Okay. And where do you live? Here in Dundalk. Okay. Has it ever occurred to you? I, I don't know you, so I'm not picking on you. You just raised your hand. Has it ever occurred to you that there's somewhere, someone somewhere else in America or in the world that has a loved one right here in this city and they're praying and asking God to send somebody to tell their loved one about Christ on. Amen. now how many of you live somewhere other than Dundalk so we could go around the auditorium tonight and ask every one of you the same question Has it ever occurred to you? You, Do you hear these people? You hear them? Their voice cracks. Their voice breaks. If you know someone that's lost without Christ, your heart is tender towards them. Yes or no? Can I remind you of what the Bible tells us in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus? When the rich man died, he lifted up his eyes in hell, being in torment. You know what his request was? God, send a missionary to my five brothers. I don't want them to come to this place. We'll raise our hands. We all have loved ones or people that we know that we don't want to see them die and perish and go to hell. But what are we doing for other people's loved ones? Punch a hole in the darkness. Punch a hole in the darkness. Punch a hole in the darkness. Be the light that God wants you to be. Be used of God, realizing that there's some people, there were two out of six, one third of those that mention it, they have loved ones right here in, this, in Dundalk, some not very far from here. When is the last time you've knocked on their door? Oh, well, I don't do that. That's for the. It's awful quiet. Thank you, fellas. You can be seated. Go with me, please, to Acts chapter 16. Acts in chapter 16. Remember that beginning story that train and the whistle? They did nothing. They did nothing. Acts in chapter sixteen. We, uh, for sake of time, we're not going to read much of this passage at all. This we would know as the Macedonian call. Paul has desired to go on his. Next missionary journey, and the Holy Spirit of God has stopped him. The Holy Spirit of God has redirected him. And if you look at Acts in chapter 16 and verse number 9, the Bible says, And a vision appeared unto Paul in the night. There stood a man, singular, of Macedonia, and prayed unto him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help what? You, you notice the change? It went from singular. To plural. Go further. Verse number 10. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Again, it's plural. So, Paul is obedient to God's direction and leadership in his life. I'm going to fast forward for sake of time. I want you to. I want to ask you to think about some things that we know how God used Paul in this particular missionary journey. There's a whole lot that happens in Macedonia. Lydia is converted in Acts chapter 16, verses 14 and 15. As a result of Lydia's conviction, we understand, or uh, uh, her her um, conversion, we understand that God began a new church. Yes or no? In Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 18, the deliverance of the fortune teller's uh, slave girl. Then Paul and Silas end up in jail in Philippi. And as a result of ending up in jail in Philippi, guess what happens? We know that as the biblical account of the Philippian jailer who was saved. Yes or no? Oh, wait a minute. And the scripture goes further. And his house. Stay with me, stay with me for just a little bit longer. Then Paul is preaching in Areopagus in Athens in Acts chapter 17, and and these are some of the the highlights of Paul's second missionary journey. He planted a number of churches in the Macedonian cities, local bodies of believers. We have uh, chapters, I'm sorry, books in our in our Bible in the New Testament that are are. Uh, written to those churches, the church at Philippi, the church at Thessalonica, two letters to the church at Corinth, yes or no? These are churches that were planted and that were started as a result of one man being sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God and obeying when God said go. We have books, plural, in our New Testament that we read. How many of you enjoy the book of Joy, the book of Philippians? Wonderful book. What would have happened if Paul would have said, nah? Well, Brother Lowry, God could have sent someone else. He could have, but he didn't. He sent Paul. He sent Paul. Do you do you think do you think the church at Philippi? We know it started with Lydia. And the church at Philippi. What would have happened there had Paul not been obedient and sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God and obedient to God's leadership and direction in his life? And what about the church at Thessalonica? And what about the church at Corinth? And oh, yeah, but Brother Lowry, they had a lot of problems. Yeah, they did, but God still managed to salvage a church there, yes or no? People were still saved. Listen, it's not just enough for us to know what God wants us to do. We must go and do it. There's a lot of people in a lot of churches that know what God wants them to do, but just go and do it. Go and do it. I mentioned earlier, I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and I've said this many times. God is still calling people to mission field. The problem is people aren't answering the call. People are not answering the call. Croatia is part of the former communist bloc country of Yugoslavia, size of West Virginia. Three independent Baptist churches in the entire country. The fourth one started this morning in the city of Split. Praise God. Amen. Bosnia and Herzegovina, zero. Serbia, one church, two missionaries. Macedonia, right now, zero. Kosovo. Zero. World is dark. Punch a hole in the darkness. Punch a hole in the darkness. When Paul received the Macedonian call, he didn't delay. He didn't offer excuses. He immediately They set out to go where the Lord had called them to go. And as soon as they reached, listen, as soon as they reached Macedonia, God began to move. And the fact of the matter is God was already making preparations before they ever arrived. If you read it, there was Lydia and some of the women who were gathered together by the river because they want to pray. God was already working in that, and and He was just waiting for them to go. And again, this illustrates the importance of following God. Just imagine for a moment if Paul had not had the proper discernment. Suppose he did not follow God's direction. All the people that were reached that I mentioned earlier in in Macedonia and beyond would have been neglected. And the chances are that Paul would not have had much success in Asia either. either. Listen, when God gives us a vision, when He gives us a burden for the lost, We need to take action and punch a hole in the darkness. We must have the determination that we will obey Him. Even if that means He asks us to do something that we're not comfortable with. Even if He wants you to go somewhere that you don't want to go. Or maybe He calls you to a place to stay where you don't want to stay. Or when God says, I understand, you have your hopes and dreams, you've had your plans, but your plans are not my plans. By the way, I think Scripture says something about that: that his ways are much higher than our ways. There's probably some young people here tonight. You have your plans and your ideas, and you think you know what God has for your life, or at least you have your plan. But why don't you ask God what His plan is? But I'm going to look much beyond the young people. What about you, sir? What about you, ma'am? Will you be used of God to punch a hole in the darkness? You see... There's probably, probably not a lot worse can happen in a church other than apathy, Amen. indifference. Um, you still have a microphone? You started this thing, so where are we at? 26, 26 minutes, 20 seconds, 21 seconds, 22 seconds. All right, now, uh, just you keep watching and uh, get your finger ready. Now, I want you to say, whenever you're, whenever you're ready, you say stop. Stop. Did it stop? Yes, sir. What did it stop on? 26 minutes, 31 seconds. Now, is he reading that right? Yes, sir. 26 minutes and 31 seconds. My uh, beautiful assistant is gonna help me. I'm not looking at you, sir. <laughs> so again, uh, what's this say? 26 minutes and 31 seconds? Yes. All right, brother, can you read that number real loud? 2,804. 2,804.646. Point. Six. So we're supposed to round up out over five, right? So if we round that up, it's going to be 2,805, yes, sir. correct? Is that the correct number? Yes, sir. You realize that in the 26 minutes and 31 seconds that I've been preaching, that's how many people have died and gone, gone into eternity? 2,805. 26 minutes, 31 seconds. 2,805 people. My Bible tells me this. Broad is the way that leadeth what? What about that narrow way? Hmm. Few will find it. So you know what that means out of this 2,805? The majority of those have had the same plot as the rich man. In hell, they lift up their eyes, being in torment. Yes or no? The majority of those? I, I know it's gonna get real personal right now, but I'm not gonna apologize. Come on. You raised your hand, you know someone that is lost without Christ. Raise your hand again, please. What 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 would it be like? if that little buzz on your cell phone a few minutes ago, you got word that the person you raised your hand for is included in that number. What if it was your loved one? Many people said... uh, I know someone that's lost without Christ. What if it was your loved one? Remember the rich man in hell. He begged God for a missionary to go and tell his five brothers. There's people somewhere in America praying for people in this county, in this city, to go and tell their loved one about Christ. You, if you know Christ, you're to be light. Punch a hole in the darkness. Did you stand together, please? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed.